0: Welcome to Soul Conversations. We are three Korean adoptees that talk about anything and everything through an adoptee lens. I'm Sinead. I'm Tara.
1: And I'm Benny, and this is season three, episode eight. Today we are joined by fellow Korean adoptee, Chloe Edwards. Chloe is an adoptee life coach, motivational speaker, and blogger who helps other adoptees who feel lost or alone to cultivate a pineapple mindset. She is a fellow Midwesterner like myself who grew up in the suburb of Minnesota, and she's also earning her MBA and moved to South Korea to teach English and is currently finishing up her degree in Switzerland. And we are so happy to have Chloe on the show, tell a little bit about herself and join in on the topic of mindsets. Welcome, Chloe.
2: Hi, everyone.
3: Hello. So you're <laughs> joining us from where again?
2: I'm currently in Belgrade, Serbia.
3: Yeah, I mean, just listening to um, your brief intro, I have like such like jealousy over all of your travels. How long ago, so how long ago was Korea for you then?
2: So I moved to Korea in 2015. And so I was there for two years, Um, first taught English there, um, down in Suwon, love that city. And then after a year, I actually moved up to Gangnam, Seoul, where I worked at a startup company called Hyperconnect. And I did brand marketing there um, for their conversation app called Azar.
3: And you decided to leave Korea. Because some some people don't come back, you know.
2: No, I actually met. Okay, I don't know why, but for the first year, I didn't realize, like, oh, I could, like, reach out to other Korean adoptees. Like, I'm probably (laughs) not the only Korean adoptee here. Um, Find out there's this ginormous community in my second year. um, Got involved you know, got to meet up and also got to understand their stories and their mindsets. And I started to realize it was a little bit of like a little golden nugget where I actually was very positive about my adoption and had like a different take on it. Mm. And I realized I was also very open about talking about my adoption. And then I ended up speaking about it at my company and also realized that they had never had an adoptee ever talk to them about this. And so- it was actually because living in Korea, I realized that I had this like little superpower that I wanted to spread to other other Korean adoptees, but then also other adoptees.
3: I love that. So is that kind of like the or the genesis of the pineapple mindset? And I would love just to hear, like, tell us what the pineapple mindset is.
2: Yeah. Okay. So absolutely, that's like how this whole business idea came to be. Um, I suffered through a really hard depression in um grade school growing up i had just constant self doubt i started to just think super negatively and i ended up actually trying to commit suicide when i was in high school and i did not i didn't and i still don't ever want anyone to have to go through that and once i was talking to more adoptees in korea i realized that i that feeling and that self-loathing and doubt it's not just me and it's unfortunately a super common feeling in adopt in adoptees and so because i'm very open about talking about that part of my life my current part of my life my adoption story and everything and everything um i started i wanted to start this a company that would help adoptees learn how to love themselves as who they are love them as a, as an adoptee, be proud that they're adopted, um, and also just be able to be vulnerable with others. And so that's the, so that's like the realm of pineapple mindset. And there's three main pillars of one. So a pineapple, you know, it's stand tall, it wears a crown, you know, that's the whole main, you know, Instagram saying, um, stand tall and wear a crown. But I view that as, The pineapple, they have this beautiful bush of a crown that is always unique. And that is something that every single person has. And you should stand tall and show your uniqueness, show who you are. The second part of the pineapple mindset is the fact that a pineapple is super hard on the outside, right? But what everyone wants is the juicy insides. That is what people want and they need to, you know, Cut through it, and they need to be able to see both the in and outer parts of the pineapple. And to me, that represents vulnerability of that. You know what? Like, you can have this tough outer shell and you can show that to the world, but what people really truly want is that juicy inside. And then the last pillar of pineapple mindset is about community building. And what people don't know is that when pineapples are first starting to grow, they actually look like they're separate berries. And as they get bigger, they grow into that one beautiful, powerful fruit. And so showing that you can start off alone, you can start out as an individual, which is beautiful, but being able to lean on a community and to join with one another is only going to make you stronger and wiser. And so I feel like the pineapple represents what I believe every adoptee should have and feel. And so I just want everyone to have that pineapple mindset. I love that. That's so beautiful. Yes. And the crowd goes wild.
1: (laughs) That was great. So, Chloe, I'm interested in knowing when that mindset switched on for you, maybe not necessarily when you started this whole organization, but for you internally, when did you start feeling? Because I think we've all, everyone on this call probably felt at some point in our lives helpless and worthless and not good enough. And I just want to hear from you what what that switch was to, you know, start looking at that, not only to help yourself out, but then also help others.
2: So it really started happening. Well, once I just want to shout out to you, Benny of like calling out therapists. Um, I first off want to like very much like clarify therapists and life coaching are two very different things. Like I am not a therapist. I am a life coach. And so I want to give huge props out to the therapists out there because once I was able to learn about vulnerability, like I watched the whole like Brene Brown TED Talks because my therapist told me to. Um, I also went to like three different therapists before I went to a therapist for like four or five sessions and told her nothing. And it took like the fifth session. I just sat down and said, hey, I am... Usually pretty fake to people. Like, so I'm gonna have a smile on my face. And for some reason, I just can't like stop that with you. So just ask me questions, but like ask me very specific, deep questions. Cause also, like, my values are I'm not going to lie to you. So if you ask the right question, I will tell you things. And so I walked in like very, like, this needs to happen. Cause I'm done paying all this money to go to this session and I am not yeah. using it right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really, started happening again once I start when I started going to therapy and realizing the powers of therapy. I started doing with um, talk therapy, and I and I loved it. I've also moved on doing um, neurofeedback therapy. So there are so many different things um, that float people's boats, and I promote them all. But it's once I started to just realize that being sad is okay. I think. I just feel like, I mean, all through grade school, right, like being sad or being not happy was looked at as like a bad thing. And so I was able to then tell my parents that I was sad. I was able to tell my friends when I'm sad. I And that power and that vulnerability was met with such love. And that was like my first step of being able to start to change my mind, start to like gain that pineapple mindset. It's even grew more when I was in Korea and I became more and more grateful of my adoption because of the opportunities that I got to have and that I missed my parents for the first time. Like I'd never missed my parents. And then also there's the feelings of having friends that were also there who were like, it's okay that you don't know Korean. And I had other people on the outside telling me like, you know what? Like, like asking me, like, hey, how do you feel? Like, I know you get like called out all the time for not knowing the language or you or people yell at you. And I was like, you know what? This is okay. Like I have a great community here. I'm happy with myself. And then when I saw that confidence even build me up, then again, just like flourish more of that pineapple mindset.
3: Okay, this question's for Shanae and Benny. If you had to give your mindset a fruit, what would it be? Your current mindset.
1: What else has a crown? A strawberry? A strawberry has a crown, right? (laughs) It's like that little green thing on top.
3: He's he's starting his crown. He's starting
1: it. (laughs) Also very appealing, juicy insides. I feel like that's me as
2: well. (laughs) Most people like strawberries, (laughs) just so you're aware. Like, I, I, you meet rare people that say, I don't like strawberries, and you're constantly coated in chocolate, too. So, you just have like a constant pairing that makes you, yes, loved even more.
1: (laughs) There you go. Uh, I guess the maybe to answer your question seriously here, that's a good question. I, something that you mentioned, Chloe, that really resounded with me is just it's like i'm not going to lie to you but i'm probably not going to open up and so uh, something maybe not a fruit but something that has a very hard outer shell but like once you can break that you know i i open up to people that i really trust and you know i have to get it has to take a little bit for me to you know open up to them because i i do have like these trust issues with just like who, selecting who I want to be friends with and open up my outer shell. So uh, I definitely resound when you say that, but I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that would represent the fruit. Maybe. I don't know.
2: Maybe a coconut right? Once you be, it. once, yeah. It's a hard fucking outer shell. Then once you like drill that in yeah. or like you machete it like yeah. hard enough <laughs>
1: Deserts juice. juice. Yeah. Everyone likes coconut water, coconut juice. There you go. Although I don't like like mounds, candy bars or any like coconut the, the, the texture.
2: That's fake. Texture that is so. fake <laughs> process.
1: <laughs> How about you shanae
0: Oh man. Um it's funny, Carrie asked that and my first thought was like, What's a fruit? Like if <laughs> <laughs> it's, been right. it's been a day. Um gosh, I don't know either. I think maybe some kind of stone fruit like a peach or like a nectarine something that could kind of go on the side of either being like sweet or savory and the idea that like I feel like I don't have like a hard exterior necessarily like I'm kind of introverted but like I I'm pretty open and like willing to share I'd rather have like the deep conversations and like what's the weather like and all that crap but like at the same time I feel like inside is like the hardness Like Mm -hmm. there's like fierceness there's like the mama ba- like the mama bear there's the you know you you mess with somebody that's close to me like i will be all up in arms about it but yeah i mean peaches go well with bourbon right like you can- yes
1: there you go <laughs> she
0: found it she found it
3: well yes it's kind of silly but like not real i think the reason i'm asking that is because i got so excited to know that chloe was coming on to the show because it got me thinking all about that word mindset I think, like for me, I always think of like my ad- adoptee status through the lens of like trauma and like uh, relationship issues. I don't really ever look at it through how does the collection of these events and these issues actually interact with one another that c- then creates this overarching mindset. So then I started to ask myself, okay, I'm I'm interested to hear like what pineapple mindset is, but I was like, what is my mindset? What is the like adoptee mindset? And that was definitely like the theme probably of my therapy session this week was like the thing i kind of opened our session with was like i am in threat state all the time and when i have the tiniest thing at work come up it's like a feedback conversation or when my friends don't text me back quick enough or when any of these little things i just i go straight into threat state all the time and i'm doing this yeah. weird thing now where i'm like recalling and reliving all these times in my life where i'm like especially like all of 2020 where i was solely reacting from a place of fight and flight and survival mode, where like I don't even recognize myself when I go back and recall those things. So I was like, yeah, I would say that my current mindset, and like maybe that's what we'll talk about, is, like how do we go from one to the next, is like constantly in threat state, constantly hurt, and constantly sad. And if I ever come out of it, I'm being privileged. So I better go back into feeling. The pain all day, every day. So it's not really a fruit to represent that, but that's what I would say my mindset is. How would you guys describe your current mindset? <laughs>
0: How's that for oh, fruit? What is the like? Is it is it like a not a lychee because lychee or longan? Which one has like the little spikes? It's like oh, oh yeah. Longan, <laughs> rambutan yeah, yeah where it's like prickly on the outside i just pictured like a little carol like a
2: little porcupine beak, like Ding! yes yeah.
3: oh my gosh i'm a rambutan 100
2: that is what i am okay you guys know yeah. fruits really well and but when you said you didn't know countries very well i'm like over here like googling what is a rambutan
1: yeah. no, no i'm worth i'm with you chloe i don't know what that is either i'm looking it
3: up
0: maybe Wait, i'm saying it called? wrong too rambutan no, there- rambutan r-a-m-b-u-t-a-n, Ram-Butan? Oh, okay i never taste, heard
3: this the taste is similar to like a lychee though
0: yeah
1: oh, what's a lychee
0: shanae i'm
3: gonna take that for sure <laughs> that's like the opposite of the pineapple mindset the rambutan mindset stay away yeah. don't talk to me
2: but then, once, you, once you get to know you and you once you're able to you know peel away the spikiness <laughs> then everyone mm-hmm. wants
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. Chloe, what's, uh, when people come to you for life coaching or, or things like that, what are, what are some of the themes that you've noticed where people are struggling with X, Y, or Z? And, um, what are the things that you tell them, not to give away your secret ingredients, but what are some things that you tell them to, you know, to help them with their journey?
2: Well, one, at- there are no secret ingredients just because I feel like everyone is literally individual and like when I that's why I love one on one coaching. Um I offer an online course, but that one-on-one coaching is where I can be the best resource for them because I mean, even though that we are all cads, right, that's great. There's like some parts that we can recognize in each other and, you know, somewhat feel, but we've all had Completely different stories, completely different feelings. Um, But, like, in general, um, I was before I started the business, I ended up just doing interviews with adoptees from around the world, um, from different ages that are parents who are younger kids, who are Korean adoptees, who are not. And a lot of it was just feeling lost and alone continuously and that uh, most times it was that they weren't going to tell people or that they didn't feel like they could tell people. And because of that, you know, things started to like, things would sometimes spiral or things would just never be resolved. Um, And that's unfortunately not a surprising statistic of just um, a lot of people feel lost and alone even before the pandemic, right? And. Now the pandemic has just made it completely worse. But um, what I tell them is just 100% knowing that they have a community, they have other humans, and a community is whatever they want to define it as. If their community is just me and them, heck yes. Like, I got your back. If your community is just you and your sister, you and your brother, just you and your mom, like whatever your size is, like a community is whatever you want to define it as. And just knowing that you are... not lost you are on your own journey and no one can define that journey and you are not alone because i will a hundred percent be there for you period
1: i love that i mean
2: for for me especially
1: i'm sure everyone on this this call too just feels that facade of sometimes being okay and that that burden of just not wanting to let people know because you you have to go through it yourself and i think for me, especially this year is just being more open and letting other people know what's going on. And I just love that. Just curious to know how everyone else feels about, you know, those times when they feel down or lonely, what other things do people do to kind of get out of that and move into a more positive well being state or mindset?
3: I do a lot of reflecting and introspection sometimes too much Uh, probably happened a little bit to me this week. I definitely went overboard on it, but I mean, kind of back to what I was mentioning about being thankful for this conversation, especially today, Benny is like, I think what I'm starting to realize is that I've done a lot of like patchwork over the years of like, I hit a rough spot and then I do something to pull myself out of it. And it's just been kind of this like boomerang of back and forth. So again, this like this word mindset is like really sitting with me. I'm I'm being dead serious. Like I was like, Oh what I'm doing right now is just on the surface level of I have these triggers or I have these reactions and then I give myself a week or a month or I do like my yoga or I do my whatever, but it's a mindset that has cultivated over time that is truly what has damaged me, and that is making my decisions almost for me on a day to day basis. And that's I mean, I'm not really answering the question because it's like I I think I'm like relooking at how I how I do that. I guess is my answer is like before it was always just how do I cope? How do I get through this moment and this bad season? And now I'm like, I don't have the sustainability or candidly like the time to like pull in these coping mechanisms when I'm having a bad day. And I've got to start doing some real work within myself on my mindset and my beliefs and my values and, and re looking at my life through the lens of the adult that I am now And not through this wounded, bullied, isolated child that I was for so long. And I'll just like dovetail into it because this is the thing that messed me up um, this past week is that I'm realizing as I'm unpacking unpacking my current mindset that I have no self-compassion. And... The way that I arrived there was something that I saw on TikTok where it was like this girl and she goes back through her journal and she shows like all these like sketches and drawings from she's like a little girl when she was getting bullied. And like, I have a journal that looks just like that. You know, it's like the girl in the corner with the rain and she's crying and she's always alone. Like very, like all those doodles happen. And then she's an artist and then it flips and the transition shows her in an illustration of herself as an adult covering this small child and protecting her. And I had this moment of, I don't know that I would even go and help myself. I think if I saw my my younger self, my bullied, isolated self, my initial reaction was, you are weak, (laughs) you are pathetic. No wonder people thought the way they thought about you. I'm proud of who I am now, but when I look back at that younger like image of myself, I don't go and help her. And I like really had to sit there with that of like, wow, there is a (laughs) lot, there's a lot to say with that visual. And then even as I like continue to like visualize the situation, even when I did finally approach her to console her and help her, it was still very cold. It was still like, get up, kid. You know, it wasn't like this nurturing, loving, warm, which you know, I and I had to do this thing where I was like, what if it was my nephews? What if my boys? You know, like I would a hundred percent be jumping all over that, like protecting with my life. But when I go and I look back at my own self, there is not an ounce of that love or nurturing feeling. and it just goes straight to like, you gotta figure this out on yourself. like that that tough love that almost was given to me. I gave right back to myself in the moment of being able to show myself the love that I had wanted for so long. So now I hope I've traumatized yes. all of you with that same visual. <laughs> that's my gift for this oh, episode.
1: Tough oh, love, for sure. Like, I think that resounds with me too. Just pull yourself up by the bootstraps. That That's my mentality too, as well. And it's, it's not always productive for me because like, you're right. It it's definitely feels like, you know, some things are just unbearable, and but there doesn't feel like anyone else is there to understand or know who who you are truly. And I, I, that's why I love the word mindset is just not trying to temporarily hide something or temporarily try to find a solution. The mindset to me just feels like uh, repetitive good habits and repetitive positive thoughts, and utilizing healthy habits throughout every day of your interaction to hopefully turn ourselves around to say, wow, we've been so hard on ourselves or I've been so hard on myself and I've lost track in in tune of how beautiful we are inside and out and how much we belong in this space that it's rotting ourselves from the inside. So that's why I love this mindset thing of just continually practicing the truth. And the truth is that we do belong, we are enough. And I I love that, Kara, that you can share that because I think we've all been in there. I'm sure a lot of our, our viewers have too.
2: What people don't realize is like with with what with what a mindset is or with what a thought is or a feeling, right? These a mindset and a feeling and a thought though your current stage is something that has been taught to you actually, right? It's been something that you have either said in your brain over and over and over, or it's been something that you have heard over and over and over, and you have allowed that to continuously repeat itself. And like, one of the things that I work with, um, with my clients is that, well, one, let's recognize when, one, I care it is, it is actually beautiful that you recognize like when you're feeling down in the dumps or what, that you are able to analyze your feelings. Because that's the first step is being able to, okay, I'm not feeling great. Okay. Now, why don't you feel good and being able just to stop one part of the cycle of, and say like, okay, because usually when you're not feeling good, you're like, okay, I'm going to retreat. I'm going to like, give myself a little day. Then nothing changes. You still feel like crap. And then another bad thing happens. And then it ends up just being this cycle. So where can you stop it? And and every situation is a little bit different. And so my secret thing, not very secret, um, is, okay, like, oh, I feel down in the dumps. Okay. What is something that will maybe make me feel a little bit better? And my tip is always like, go outside. Literally just stand outside and breathe in fresh air. That's all, you, you know, fake smile. Not to like other people, but just yourself. Fake smile in the mirror. I personally go smell my dog because he brings me so much joy and not just pet him. I go smell him because it reminds that. me of my that he loves me and that I have someone or sometimes I turn on music and I just dance. And it is not pretty dancing. It is just like, you know, whatever, throwing the elbows out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That gets me yes. moving and jamming. And then a natural smile comes on. And it's like, okay, one part of the cycle is broken. I like can feel a little bit better I, or I visually see something that's better. And now there's outside evidence that life isn't terrible and so then maybe a small new event will happen where like i will recognize some one thing better and then again it can ha- it, it may start again where a bad event happens you get into a bad mindset pause reflect change that attitude and then constantly you are telling yourself a different story and that different story is going to constantly repeat itself and eventually that will become the root of your mindset instead of something that takes a lot of work it will you have now grown something different. You have cultivated something different. It just takes some work because you guys weren't paying attention to your mindset when you guys were three years old or when you were in your mother's womb. You were not paying attention to when you were probably in high school about your mindset and what you were telling yourself and what other people were telling you. And so it's it's now it's, you have the opportunity to take rein and be able to figure like you tell yourself what you want to hear and what you want to be like solidified in your brain.
0: Chloe, particularly with your work and your style of coaching, I think when I think of mindset, particularly for the adoptee space and what Kara and Benny, you were saying about tough love, the idea that just pull yourself up or whatever, but something that, that Andrew had said on episode six about acknowledging you know, as adoptees, like we are victims, like that is a fact. We're victims of a system We're we're victims of, you know, abandonment and loss, but we don't have to continue to live our lives constantly as the victimized, right? That we can kind of take control. And I think that there is such a healthy approach to the way that you do things, Chloe, that you acknowledge things. Like if it's raining, like you can acknowledge like, hey, like, yeah, rain is wet. That's a fact, right? But you can use it to make you stay inside all day. Or you can, you know, catch it in a watering can and use it to help something grow. It's how you take that and kind of reshape it and redo the narrative. And it's not just that toxic positivity of, you know, oh, mindset, have a positive mindset. It means that like, oh, you know, nothing's actually wrong. These problems don't exist. You're overreacting, right? It's not that gaslighting, toxic, sickeningly positive outlook that a lot of us, I feel like are fed in addition to that narrative of just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I feel like they're both equally damaging, but you truly, you know, preach that sweet spot, that middle of, you know, the acknowledgement, but then also just how do you reframe it? So it's productive for you and how you can take the power back.
1: I love that, Janae. And I, I also think too, the thing is just tough for me is just being vulnerable. And I'm just curious to know from everyone on the call, is like, being vulnerable is maybe for me, at least the the opportunity to start actually having real conversations with myself that, okay, it is tough. I need to ask for help or I need to actually start having a more positive mindset because without that, that that, there's where that shell comes from. But I'm interested in knowing, you know, when people feel vulnerable, I'm sure a lot of our listeners feel the same way. It's like, how do you make yourself be okay with being vulnerable? Or is it something where it only happens when you're at your least confident part of yourself and what do we start to do to grab onto those things to, to latch onto other people within our community to feel good about ourselves if we feel isolated to get out of that being okay being involved and move into a better state
2: for me i just i started really small Cause I didn't, I never cried in front of anyone. And now if, if you ever see me in person, I cry all the time. I cry because I see a dog on the street. I bawling when I saw um, John Wick in the beginning scene. I won't ruin it for everyone, but I was, I was dead. I was, I was on the floor sobbing. But so before that, I just took like extreme baby steps of just being like, yeah, I, I don't feel good today. Like super vague, right? But starting off with like one of my friends, then maybe they would ask like, oh, like why? Like, uh, like, you know, I'm just having like a, a rough time. Still vague, right? And I wanted to try to see like how much are they actually curious and not just your average, hey, what's up? where how's it going? Because that I feel like is what we have done in our communities. Like we don't actually ask the deeper questions. We don't ask and take the time to sit down. And so I kind of feel it out a bit, see if they are willing to have the conversation. And then once you have that like one deeper conversation with that person, then you know you can go back to them. And now, like, again, throughout the – like decade or more, I now have this like army of people that I started out being terrified saying anything and then slowly, you know, learned and trained myself to show outside of my body evidence that there are people that actually want to hear my feelings. And that when, when I tell them that my feelings, they tell me their feelings and then Holy guacamole, I feel so much more connected with them. And then it makes our friendship even better. And then it made my life better. And so I don't think it just happens. I don't think you just, boom, you become vulnerable. It's allow yourself the opportunity to, be open to the idea of being vulnerable and then take as many little tiny steps or leaps or whatever that you want to do. Because um, if you continuously do that, it, it's going to be a beautiful thing because vulnerability is beautiful and that's how you make your friends, especially as an adult, it's hard. So that's yeah. how you make your friends. If anyone out there that's like, how do I make friends as an adult? Vulnerability, it really helps.
3: That is the truth. It's it's interesting to hear you guys talk about vulnerability and being a challenge, because for me, it's like I'm in the opposite side of that. I think at one point when I was younger, definitely probably had troubles getting vulnerable. But now I'm finding that as an adult, I struggle with being too vulnerable too often. And what I'm having to work now on at 33 is having the discernment of who is this vulnerability for? Who deserves it? At what level do they get to hear it? And I, it's like, I, I almost swung too far. At one point it was like, I used to bottle up all my feelings. And the only way I was ever able to get it out was through journaling to myself. And then I just started sharing and like oversharing and like using my social media platform and doing all these things where I got into overshare land where, you know, it even got, you know, put in, put me in awkward situations in my job. And like, you know, especially in 2020 when everybody wanted to start talking about race. And then I found myself being very vulnerable and like sharing my stories. And then I got really hurt by that at some point, you know? And then that was kind of then like the fall of my vulnerability of saying like, wow, like I just had a season of being so vulnerable, of sharing my feelings all the time on the internet to people like I don't even know on the internet. Um, And I got burned by it. And now I'm back into a shell of, I don't want to share that vulnerability with people, and some of it, some of it is a rejection, like coping me- mechanism for sure. But the other part of it too is, I think, for me, as I'm trying to stand in my matured my emotional maturity, is like I do want to reserve some of that vulnerability for myself, and I do want to be able to figure out how can I get through this. With me and myself, rather than always relying on everybody else. And again, I don't want people to take the wrong pressure. I see a therapist. I talk to friends. Like all, it's like it's for me finding that middle ground of having a, a supportive network and the tools and the resources in which I can lean on when I need it. But then also having that discernment and that maturity to sit with it and and to learn to live with it. Because I think when I try to dump it and push it onto everything and everyone else it just came flying back at me like a boomerang twice, you know, twofold at my face. And now I'm like, Oh, at least for me personally, that didn't work so great. And what I've actually learned is that I've got to find the right amount because some of it it's just with me and it's between me and me and we got to figure it out together. Cause it's not always, it's not always great. So that's, it, it was just so interesting to hear that of like, feeling challenged with being vulnerable where like the season I'm in right now, it's like the opposite.
1: <laughs> I definitely can relate to that. And I think the one thing that I heard from you that stuck out to me most in my mind is being burned and then reverting back yes, to being closed off. And I don't claim to have solutions or I don't want to say like, here's what you could do, because I don't, I don't know what the answer is for me personally, but um, I'm glad that people on this call can be part of my community to have someone who I can trust to open up to, but I, I definitely struggle with finally letting myself be open and then getting burned. And I, I hope to have That's something maybe I am going to try to be more cognizant of this year. It's like try to look at everything from a individual lens and not try to look at it with the broad brush of like, everyone's going to burn me or this is going to burn me. And I think that opens yourself to be more potentially hurt, but I also think it opens up for more opportunity as well in the same in the same breath,
0: it's interesting, Kara, listening to you talk about how like your default setting is kind of to be open about your feelings, and it as a listener, it almost makes me wonder if for you, vulnerability looks like keeping things closer to your chest and just sitting with it like if you being outspoken is not really your vulnerability, but your vulnerability is like keeping it all in feeling all the feels versus like, I feel this, I got to shove it out, you know, because in earlier episodes, you had been saying how you leave with like the, you know, I'm an adoptee, like, I'm going to put my trauma out there. to not come to at it. me. Exactly. It's like, you know, again, the little rambutan spikies. Yes. Um, and- <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait <laughs> to get pictures of
3: Rambleton sent to me after this every day. <laughs>
0: But if for you, you know, I feel like vulnerability, so many times we think about it as, you know, being open and sharing like our deepest, darkest, you know, feelings. And I think for a lot of people, that probably is true, but that even mm. vulnerability can look different from person yes. to person.
3: Yes, it's so true.
0: Chloe, I'm, I'm interested to hear kind of back to the like
3: the adoptee mindset. When you work with people, what do you feel as like, some of the commonalities in the mindset that you have to break down in order to get to the pineapple mindset. Do you find that there's commonalities?
2: A lot of should, like I should do this. I should feel this. I should be this way. And that's usually one of the things I try to try to, you know, crack down on um, in every session of if that is said, be like, okay, Now you tell me why that is a should, and then now then we dive into okay where did that come from? Where does that stem from? And usually it will stem from either a societal standard or it'll come from they have no idea. It's usually it's or it's I have no idea. I I just should. I mean, honestly, the only things you should do, you know, legal things, but also you know make sure you have food and water and shelter. There are things in life that you should do, but that you need and you should know Korean if you're a Korean adoptee. No, if that's something you want to do, lovely. If it's, it's if it's not, you do not have to or I should do a birth parent search. No, mm. no, you don't if you don't want to, you don't have to. Um if you want to, let's dive into why you want to. That's that's usually a fault that's that's also a deep thing that we get into is if they do want to do a birth parent search, really understanding the why behind it mm-hmm. um, and getting it to a comfortable why and a healthy why. Um, Cause that is, that's a whole nother thing with adoptees. And then I guess the other thing would just be like how my program works is really starting at just like being an adoptee and finding what that means to you. So identify, mm-hmm. identifying yourself. Um, because for me, I identify as a Korean adoptee American. I don't identify as a Korean American, and I don't identify as an American. I don't ad- identify as a Korean. It is a full Korean adoptee American, because for me, that is what I believe represents who I am. Just because you three are Korean ad- you know, adoptee is that doesn't mean you have to identify as a Korean-American, like a Korean adoptee American, right? My sister, she's adopted from Korea as well. She identifies as being American. Mm -hmm. I have cousins who are like, I'm just like also adopted from Korea. I'm American. I've had other adoptees say like, no, I am like from their birth country. And like, that is who I am. That is wonderful. And so working with clients to just identify who they want to be and that it's rooted in a healthy why and then rooted in a in also in, like, in a confident way
3: how long does it take to meet the pineapple mindset i mean is it like is there like a 10-step program a 90-day detox like <laughs> well, in your time working like it must be such a journey to help other people through it like do you see some people for years like what's that like
2: so my biggest thing is that mind, mindsets are, well, it matters if the person likes fitness. I usually try to make it, you know, be a synonym that someone can relate to, but let's go with more fitness side of, you know, a mindset is like abs or like any muscle, You got to keep constantly working at it Yeah. pay attention to it. You know, usually when you have like that solid base of muscle, it's now just keeping it, you know, keeping it in shape, doing routine things or if they're more into gardening. Right. Same thing. You can't you just water a plant and then it's good to go. Like you can't even just water a cactus once or a succulent once. They will die. Like. I've killed many succulents because of that. but it's at, so it, I teach them ways so they don't need me as a coach later. I don't want to see clients for a long time. My goal is that they now have the tools, they have the resources, and they know how to go do that like checkup on themselves. They can go do that, you know, little, you know, 15 minute extra, you know, that 15 minute mindset exercise. Um, so that's my biggest goal. And so ideally, yeah, I, I tell that to them. I'm like, I don't want to see you for a long time. I mean, I'm always here for you, but right. the point of the mindset is that you you can you can grow it yourself.
3: Yeah, I love that. It's very much in tandem of like lifestyle, right? Like, it's not a diet; it's a lifestyle, and that's it's definitely reframed the way I look at it. Because I think I used to have that that naive look on it too. Like, oh, this is my current mindset. This is the mindset I want to have. Like, I just have to like decide it and figure out how to do it. But what I'm being very humbled in, in learning right now is just like, it is, it's that practice moment. Like I'm in the very beginning sets of like, I've got the two pound dumbbell and like, It sucks that this is hard. I picked it up, but it sucks that it's so hard, but it is. It's like giving myself that moment of like, no, I get to choose how I react in this moment. I was literally just talking to my boyfriend about this on the way here. It's like, I saw some video today that was talking about how, like, you know, we basically live our lives through our nervous system and through what our brains are wired to basically, it's like something crazy of like 95% of what we're doing is not being controlled by our conscious mind. And like that is really scary for me. And I think for other people that are adopted to think that you are constantly actually, your body is actually doing the work for you, not your brain. So like, that's the thing that I, I guess that's where I'm at in my journey of like reversing my mindset, deconstructing my current mindset and then trying to pick up a new one is that first step of like, who's driving right now? Is this my trauma response who is dictating my feelings and how and creating the narrative of how something is going down right now? Or is it my conscious brain? And I've been having to do those, and I do, I feel like one of those like crazy people where I'm like, I have to remind myself, you are safe. You are not in any danger. These people are not here to see you fail. These people aren't trying to sabotage you. And I have to like tell myself that just to give myself even just the fighting chance of actually responding in a way that's from my own brain, like from my conscious mind, because it is, if the average is 95, I'm probably like a 98 if I had to guess. Like I I just feel like my mindset has been created by my inner wounded child, which I know like people roll their eyes at that. But I mean, it feels like that. For me, and and that's where I'm at. I'm at that phase of like, yeah, I've got the two pounds and it's like not great and I'm gonna have to like sit out for a couple minutes after this.
2: But to also put a positive spin on it because
3: Oh yeah, I'm the e I'm the ER of the group, Chloe. If you haven't figured that out. No, I'm there like, isn't. No, <laughs> there's a
2: positive spin of that. It's it's actually a beautiful thing that our body is able to work like this. That if we were taking in every single stimuli that was coming at us, right, it would be insane. Right, like you wouldn't right. be able to function. Um right. You also need to do so many things, right? Your body's this like beautiful, like shelter, this beautiful thing that is like constantly working, and so it's like okay, well then. Let's respect my body, love my body for like the beautiful things that it's doing, the way that it is protecting me, the way that it's allowing me to live my everyday life. I can do this little like two pound workout. Just let's just start off for today. Like, let's just lift these two pounds today just to make my body, make it a little bit more easier on my body to stay happier, to stay positive. And like, if we think of it that way. Shoot, it's nothing. Like working on your mindset's like an easy peasy cake. It's just like going on a walk, you know.
3: I love that. It's not the yeah. pineapple mindset. It's not a destination. It's the journey.
2: <laughs> you can you can yeah. come be my new tagline maker. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
3: That's gonna be my new job. I've quit. I'm going full in
2: tagline maker. Yeah. I'm maker only.
1: I like the two pound analogy because. For me, oftentimes, like I need to hit the gym big time, like right now. And for me, whenever I'm in a lull, I feel like I need to go back. The first time I go back after a break is do the same things I did when I was there five days a week. And I need to get there like by tomorrow.
3: Right. Usually it's
1: because I have like a wedding coming up or something I just need to lose 80 pounds for, whatever. (laughs) But it's just like, but it's just like, you know, it's like, it's like, okay, I've been sad or had this mindset. I want to be feel good and have a positive mindset in one day. And I think for me internally, it's just having that patience to realize it's within myself. I have the power to do it, you know, but it's not, it's not always picking up that 35 pound weight and saying, this is where I'm at tomorrow. Sometimes it's picking up that two pound weight, continually tracking the progress and realize that, Hey, there might be some times when you step back and you might go down to one pound weight, but that's okay because tomorrow, you know, it's it's a new day. So I think from from you all, just really happy to see, like, you know, that the mind, mindset of just taking that in there. That And then also, too, the last thing, Chloe, you mentioned, like, you don't have to search for your birth parents or you don't have to identify it this way, too. That's what I think the big thing for me is It's like, always feeling like I'm putting to a square or always feel like I'm being judged without even knowing who I am. And I think that's great for me to think about. It's like, it's okay to be who I want to be and not what everyone else wants me to be or think what I want to be. And I, I really I really resound with that too, personally.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree also just with the the fitness mentality and and even the idea that, you know, like Carrie, you talk about your wounded inner child. We're all in our 30s now and thinking about how long it's taken us to be steeped in these mindsets that we have that, you know, I think about like pregnancy, right? They say, oh, bounce back, you know, you drop the baby weight and everything because that's currently fresh on my mind. But the idea that like you've grown this human for nine months, like your body has stretched slowly. You became a watermelon slowly over nine months and you can't just snap right back. But like you need to give yourself at least that much time plus more, however long it took you to get into something. It's probably gonna at least take you double to get out of that concerted like little little tiny incremental bits of work because who wants to slough 150 pound weights for what 66 years. If you're 33 years old and going through this, you know, you need to do like a little bit at a time. Otherwise you're going to collapse. So I, I also really, really like that. And just the idea of, you know, like Benny, what you were saying about not putting ourselves in so many boxes that's a mindset the whole world needs to unlearn, if you ask me, right? We're all concerned about categorizing and where do people fit and what little checkboxes do we have? But just the idea of giving yourself that freedom to do whatever you need to do or be whatever you, like the only should you should do is just to be you who you are and what that looks like and how you get there is is totally up
2: to you. God, that's beautiful. I will also, just because, you know, the coach inside me, I just want to just put it out there of that if we can change it to not be like, I have to go to the gym or I even I should change my mindset, like even taking that away, there is no have to. If you want to make it stick and to be something that is solid and something that is going to last with you, it needs to be like, I want to go to the gym. I feel like it would be in my best interest to change my mindset and making it that it's something that you personally have put onto yourself, not something that something outside externally has forced upon you. Because in the end, like you should be doing things for you. You should be, oh, I'm doing the should, uh-oh. Like it's it's in your best interest to follow your own heart because your own heart is the heart that you're gonna live with forever. It's the heart that you get to listen to every single day. And if you, if you can love the love your own heart, it's just gonna keep growing and help you just succeed in whatever you want to do. and um, I mean that's why I, I named my course like um, Lost to Leader is that once you're able to cultivate this pineapple mindset, It opened so many doors to career leadership, but also just leadership into your own life. Uh, And I want every adoptee to feel that way. Yeah,
3: I love that. And I was, I was, that goes like straight into like you're about to pick up your another client from this uh, being here. Um, Because I was literally saying that today. It was like, I think that's where I've struggled in the past of like truly making a real like. To stay on the same analogy. I think I've done like the fad diets of mindset over time. And now I'm coming to that point where it's like, okay, am I really going to cultivate this as like a permanent lifestyle? And if so, like why? And I had that thought today. It's just like, I, the, my why for me is that I am tired of missing out on the beautiful things in my life. Because I'm always experiencing them through the lens of rejection, through the lens of survival, through the lens of like making sure I have a backup plan. And that goes down to relationships and friendships and the small little moments where it's like I couldn't have even enjoyed that moment in time because I was going through this swirl in my head of all the different scenarios and all the different things that could happen and how I'm going to be prepared for that. And it's like, it makes me sad. I have so many beautiful things in my life and I know it's like a very privileged space to be in, but it's true. And I I do, I, I swear sometimes I feel like, and I might sound spoiled for this, but I feel like I can't enjoy them. Like it's even when everything around me is going great. I just can't do it because of my mindset. And I feel like even today leading into the session, I had like a, a a bargaining with myself of like, are you really going to do this? Like, are you really going to keep missing out on, The people and the facts and the things that are great in your life, because you're, you're feeling sorry for yourself, or you're not willing to help yourself up or like, whatever that is. So maybe this is my public commitment to starting my journey to that, like more permanent mindset state and and stopping with the fad diets of just injecting myself with positivity here and there to get through it. That's beautiful.
1: I love that too. Just being vulnerable, but also to, you know, something that my therapist said too, and I know it's different from life coach but just being okay with realizing that some awful shit happened to us and we shouldn't feel bad when things start to go good and I hope I hope that we all could feel that way too in the future. I do want to say thank you Chloe for joining us but before we let you go let's hear what you're listening to or who you're following and we also have to hear about your story on your hike to Arthur's seat. Give us a little bit of your scoop on who you're following in the in the space, and I I kind of interested in hearing uh your your hike and having a little injury.
2: Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm currently reading Pretty Little Not Pretty Little Liars um, on Ah Zoot. What is the thing? It's like Reese Witherspoon is in it. Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. I literally just started it. Um, I found like, I love thrifting, love thrifting. Um, Found a thrift store in St. Gallen and they have like one little bookshelf of English books. And so got that, super stoked on that. Um, And then I am like religiously following um, Fit Feed by Reed. She is an amazing podcaster she has a similar take on fitness as I do on mindset of it just takes little, it takes little steps. It also takes like the shift in your mindset. It takes a shift in your everyday. She's so against the fad diets and it's beautiful. So I start my mornings with that. She also has like some workout um, videos I've been doing and been very into full loop resistant bands, which will go into the whole injury in August. Well, like July 31st, um, I woke up and I like had like tingling down my arms and I had just like intense pain and I started to lose strength in my arms and I went to the ER and I found out that I had a herniated disc in my lower neck. And because I was feeling like the... Um, the weird feelings in my arms. It's like probably pushing against my spinal cord. Luckily it stopped, but for the next like three, four months, it was, Doing PT, seeing if it, if it can get fixed, but it didn't. And so I ended up getting surgery and I was in a neck brace um, for like six weeks. I couldn't even walk my dog. He is 14 pounds. I couldn't lift him. It was the saddest part of that whole thing. And then afterwards, um, I literally got the okay on my birthday um, saying, Hey, you're good. And then the next week, I flew to Portugal and started traveling. Um, but I wanted to keep my P- up my PT and because I hadn't lifted anything in such a long time, I hadn't ran. I could was just allowed to walk slowly and to make sure I didn't trip. Um, So that's why fitness has been like a huge part of like my personal like um, recovery for my neck, also helping me with my mindset, also helping me physically. Um, So yeah, that's what I'm following and doing. And that's my random scare story of getting surgery and then but all (laughs) working out.
1: Well, thank you so much, Chloe. We really appreciate you joining us on the topic of mindsets. I know I got a lot out of this and I hope our listeners did too. You can follow Chloe on Instagram at pineapple mindset and find her on www.pineapplemindset.com. Um, I urge you to check out her wedding list for the Lost to leader course. Um, and always you can find us on social media at soul conversations and as well as soul conversations, podcast.com. If you are enjoying the podcast and our guests, feel free to leave a review on Apple and Spotify. And we all hope to have you listening to our next episode.